you looked right at me. The next thing you said was, what about that is the worst idea ever? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Cardinal Coaching Solutions, the podcast that seeks to foster community and discussion around all aspects of life and leadership coaching. My name is Wes Gow. I'm the founder of Cardinal Coaching Solutions, and I'm happy to serve as your host for this journey. I specialize in academic, life, and business performance coaching, and I'll be interviewing my coaching friends and colleagues along with other guests to learn their stories, best practices, and tips for success. Welcome to the show. Now let's get you going. Well, I'm very excited to welcome my guest today. His name is Noah Greenwald. Noah is a certified executive, academic, and life coach, maximizing leadership and influence for clients in the esports, gaming, and tech industries. In addition to running a growing coaching practice, Noah is a founding partner of Telunity, an in-building cellular rights and project management company, and Dorian Gray, a content marketing consultancy serving large multinational companies and highly successful small businesses. Noah began his entrepreneurial journey as Noah and the Man, a billboard and beatport charting music producer, big room DJ, commercial composer, and sound designer. His work has been featured in a number of worldwide and international ad campaigns and has received millions of streams throughout the various social media platforms. He's an avid reader and a daily learner who loves to cook, play guitar, and run. Noah, welcome to Cardinal Coaching Solutions Podcast. Thank you, Wes. And thank you for that introduction. I am so excited to be here with you today and to really speak about coaching and get into all the little details and issues. As am I, my friend. And I want to give a little background here, context for all of our listeners. So Noah and I are in the same PCC certification course right now, professional coaching certification course. Uh, and that is through Coach Training EDU. And that's how we met. And in our training, uh, in our training sessions, Noah and I often found ourselves paired into um, kind of practice coaching sessions. And man, the more we interacted, the more it just felt like there was a synergy here. Noah has an approach to coaching that I just thought, man, I have got to get to know this guy a little bit more. <laughs> So Noah, I'm excited to dive into all this. I, I want to go back to your bio. Sounds incredible. Sure. There's so much here. Is there anything else that, uh, that you would want our listeners to know that maybe wasn't in that? I don't know. I think that, that pretty much covers it. I'm hearing a lot of different just steps to your journey here. So we have a topic for us that you and I discussed earlier that we're going to hit on today. But I'm going to start with investigating a little bit of your background. So I see all of this music and all of this uh, entrepreneurship. How did you come in to coaching? I think that for me, coaching was a just a natural outgrowth of everything that I'd been doing previously. I found that, for instance, when I was doing music, when I was a DJ, when I was a producer, there would be people that I would know, friends or acquaintances or people that I would just meet in the industry who I'd develop a rapport with. And eventually I sometimes would find myself in a position of mentoring those people. And from my point of view, I was always constantly trying to figure out how to not only help those people, but to help them build themselves up so that they could be 
as successful as possible. And I found that that desire and that drive within me translated directly over into when, um, especially when I started to do consulting, it was that same drive to really help clients move forward in a way that made sense to them. And so taking that whole evolution, I had been thinking about coaching for a little bit. And I decided one day, I just said, today is the day that I'm going to make the decision to go out and to do this. And I knew that I wanted to be certified. And I knew that in order to, to really do that to the level that I wanted and would be comfortable with, it would have to be via something that was ICF approved. So I immediately just started to go out, look at the various programs that were being offered. And I happened upon Coach Training EDU. And I remember telling John Andrew Williams, who is the founder of the program and also does teach some of the courses, that the marketing message on the site really spoke to me. I saw a lot of the other ICF approved programs seem to be almost frozen in time. Maybe they were dated or it seemed that their approach wasn't really fitting with where things were moving in terms of the evolution of education and the delivery of programs. But it seemed that his program, what he had built, felt to me to be very powerful. And he seemed to be such a sincere person. And I really resonated very strongly with that and so decided just immediately to pursue it and signed up for the course and within a few days was uh, in class. Yeah. Now, did you have John for the, um, for the 1.0 as well? I did. I was, I feel like I was incredibly fortunate to have both John and Hannah Finro mm-hmm. as the coach trainers in the 1.0. Yeah, and for our listeners, the uh, the coach training EDU program that we're talking about, um, Noah and I are in the 2.0 portion. Uh, so we've already done the 1.0, uh, which is enough to qualify for an ACC certification through the ICF. And now we're continuing on into the basically the PCC level. I did not have John in the 1.0. I had Lindsay Helm, and she's amazing, incredible coach. Um, encourage a- anyone to... Uh, uh, to find out what she is up to. But being here with John and 2.0 is, is an equally incredible experience. I mean, my, my whole understanding and practice of, of coaching has just grown exponentially in, in my time here. So I, I personally can't, I feel like we're advertising for, you know, our trainers here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I certainly can't say enough uh, good things about it. Uh, when you mentioned that marketing message, could you give me a little bit more clarity on that? Um, I, I remember obviously finding the site. I just found it through my own search as well. I wanted certification. And you're right. There was something about the branding and the message that that just it drew me in. And, and like you, I searched many others and landed on this one. Is there anything in particular you can remember about that? Absolutely. There were two things that really stuck out to me. The first was, and this is sort of an ultra-contemporary approach to things, he really explained his story and how he came into coaching and why he wanted to pursue this in the first place just as a coach, but also what was really driving him as an educator because he did start out as a Latin teacher and how that fused with his desire to coach and he decided to start the program and build it from scratch. I really appreciated that 
entrepreneurial spirit and the fact that even in the face of so many other programs, like for instance, CTI, the classic program, that's so well established. And instead of saying, well, I could create this program, but I don't know how it's actually going to be received. And so maybe I shouldn't do it. Instead of doing that, he actually went out and he made the program and made it a success. So that was the first thing that really spoke to me. The second that spoke to me was, interestingly, their upfront uh, disclaimer in terms of the pricing. That was a big deal because what I was finding is when I was contacting these other programs, they were so hesitant to tell you what the pricing was. And so you didn't really know what you were buying. And sometimes they would have uh, part of the program listed. It would have a bit of uncertainty about whether if you paid that amount, it was really going to be enough to have the number of hours that you would need to get the ICF certification. But I felt that with Coach Training EDU, there was no real uncertainty there. You knew what you were getting. And I, I loved that approach because it was so, it felt to me to be so honest and it just really spoke to me. Yeah, I, I, I definitely remember being very clear, crystal clear, very clean. I could, I could find out the information that, uh, that mattered to me. You're right. I totally remember that. So there's a couple things in there that jumped out to me and I actually want to revisit. I've just been doing some more research on the whole kind of payment for services topic that I want to revisit with you. But you mentioned, and I'd forgotten, you know, John, our instructor, the founder of Coach Training EDU was a Latin instructor, a Latin teacher. That's, that's what he was doing. That was his day job. When you initially hear Latin teacher, life coach, it might feel like, wow, that's where, where did that come from? I don't see the connection there, but you're right to hear him tell that story. There's a segue there. It was almost kind of like a slight pivot. And John has a beautiful mission behind his drive for coach training EDU. And I'm curious to hear a little bit more of the connection, learning more about you and your bio and this journey that begins in music and so much creativity. And when I pair that next to now coaching, I almost had the initial same reaction, like, huh, how do those two fit? But to hear you talk through just the skills you were utilizing with your clients, could you tell us a little bit more about that, about what those conversations look like, about what those light bulbs that were going off for you thinking, I think I want to do this. I think creativity is, when you mention it, you just completely hit on the biggest part of my decision because as a musician, I remember when uh, I started playing guitar and I loved improvising. I absolutely loved improvising. I just remember whenever we'd have a show and there was a instrumental section, some sort of an interlude, or perhaps there was a spot for me to take a solo. That was my favorite part because you didn't really know what the effect was going to be. You didn't know how well you were going to execute the ideas that were really just coming out of your head almost as quickly as you could execute them. And I find a complete connection between that and coaching because I find that when you're working with a client, so much of the overall structure of the session has to do with creativity. And it has to do with creating a space in which 
both the coach and the client can feel comfortable being creative. I know that we've, especially with John, we've talked a lot about the aspect of playfulness in coaching, which is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And so much of that comes from the creativity. I feel that what I always try to do when I'm coaching is to stay away from making it so procedural that it becomes about something where almost every problem goes a bit like this. The client says, I can't get up on time in the morning. And the coach just works with the client so that the client sets a different type of reminder or alarm to get themselves up. That doesn't, I don't think it, it really changes their life. I think that it can resolve that small problem, but it doesn't reframe their perspective on the underlying mechanisms that might be causing them to sleep late. And I feel that it's the creativity that really opens the doors to enormous breakthroughs for the clients. And so that's where I see the skills really transferring, especially from music in that respect. Oh, that's beautiful. I love the way you said that. Uh, and, and for our listeners, Noah and I also share a, a connection with music, both play the guitar. And so we've had some fun conversations on that. But I love the word that you used, improv, improvising. And I've heard John, our, our instructor, use this phrase throughout our 2.0 training is structured improv. So here is this session that is a coaching session that we're going to meet another person in. And we have an idea for what this looks like, but what I so appreciate and, and have resonated with in this 2.0 training is his push out of just kind of the clerical, clinical, formulaic uh, dialogue. He's really pushed our creativity and it's been, it's been amazing. Absolutely. I think he's been incredibly effective, not only at doing that, but doing it on a personalized level so that I feel the feedback that he gives to each person helps them unlock in sort of the coaching sense, unlock their own creativity in a way that makes sense to them. Yeah. You know, one, uh, a phrase that's popular in our industry is coach the person, not the problem. And I feel like what we've learned here in this course has been so helpful in that. And the example you gave is, is perfect. So here's this tip of the iceberg problem. I can't get up in the morning. And rather than focusing our line of curiosity around what else could you do to solve that problem, we're being pushed to get curious about the deeper underlying issues, the, the who of the conversation uh, and oftentimes what isn't being said. And um, it's just, it's, it's so profound. It's disruptive in, in a great way. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. I remember the first time in the 1.0 that I heard coach a client, not the problem. And for me, that was really a monumental assertion, especially coming from having done some consulting. And when you're working in, in the capacity as a consultant, I mean, we've passed this out so many times in so many sessions because people seem to have a natural gravitational pull toward being more of a consultant than being a coach. And there's such a keenly important distinction between those two. You have 
the consultant who's the expert who's brought in to help fill either a void in knowledge or expertise or to augment a team, but they're coming with their own tool set and that tool set is going to help move the project forward. Then you have the coach that is also arriving with the tool set, but it's the client that is driving the agenda and the client is actually wholly responsible for the results that are achieved during the coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's so different. And so when you look back at coach the client, not the problem, the consultant usually is very much trying to solve that problem. And there are some aspects where, of course, you do have to keep in mind really what the client wants and where the client wants to take the direction of their business or the project you're working on. But it's such a different experience to be the coach. Mm-hmm. It's such a different experience to really dig down as deeply as you possibly can beyond the surface of the problem to really get kind of pop the hood and take a look at all of the components that make the machine work Mm -hmm. and how it can work better and how it can continue to work better in the future and do it in a way where once the process is completed, the client then owns that change a hundred percent. And they feel that change. They live that change. And that's what I love about coaching. Yeah, it's a beautiful description. So I'm going to brag on you a little bit here. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go back in time. I have some notes from uh, some of our earlier coaching sessions when you and I got, got paired into the practice coaching sessions. Uh, and so I, prom- I, awesome. yeah, I promise these won't be super embarrassing for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I thought it'd be great to give some context to our listeners about just some of the creativity we're talking about here, because you really do bring that into your approach to coaching. So thank you. I, I remember once uh, I was one of the issues I brought to you in our practice uh, was I think I said, I'm on the starting blocks of a project and I can't I can't seem to get off the starting blocks. And that was just kind of how I framed it. And your question back to me was, you mentioned you're on the starting blocks. What kind of race are you running? And immediately, like, and you knew very, you knew next to nothing about what I was talking about, about my project, but you using my language immediately forced me to look at my issue from an angle, from a perspective that it just, it blew my mind. I had to take a moment. Wow. What? So I'm thinking now I'm thinking, well, what am I running from? I'm also now thinking, what am I running towards? Like all of this is going through my mind. It was so captivating. So there's that creativity element that you bring. There's another component. There's another session where uh, I think we were actually talking about music. I was, I had some issues in a band that I'm in and how to work through those, what conversations to have. And, and you said, so if you were to describe your emotions right now in a guitar chord, what would that chord be? Whoa, now I'm thinking about what that is. <laughs> and, and then you said, now, now what are your, what are the other members? What chord are they playing? And you just being playful with my language, it was so interesting. And, and it was so helpful for me to find a way through that. And so I'm curious, I want to pitch this question to you. What have you, how would you, if someone came to you and said, the coach said, 
I would really like to be more creative in my questions. What comes to mind for, for just tips that you might share with them? I'd say look immediately at the language that the person is using. Mm-hmm. Because from, from my point of view, I oftentimes hear people use different types of phrasing and especially different types of terms that relate directly to things that are incredibly important to them. And so my line of thinking with that is oftentimes when something is very close to you and it feels so personal, it can be difficult to get a different perspective on it because you've already spent so much time and effort internalizing the emotional response to something. Mm. And I feel that where I can best serve a, a client in that position is to take their language that they tend to hold pretty close and to try to shift the perspective that they have on that. And hopefully in doing that, provide a space where they can then let their creativity flourish and they can say, you know, for instance, you were mentioning being on the starting blocks and talking about something that you had to accomplish just in a general sense. Mm -hmm. But for me, the fact that you mentioned that you were on the starting blocks is so important. I think a lot of people would just go over that and say, well, that's just something that somebody's saying. Mm -hmm. But from my perspective as being a coach, I take a look at that and I immediately thought, you're talking about getting to an end point. But I was just curious, what kind of a race were you actually going to be running? What were the parameters of it? Mm. And I had no idea what you were going to say. It could have been anything. I mean, it could have been something that was, could have been almost impossible to occur in reality. Maybe it was some race in which the, the laws of gravity didn't even matter. And I'm always so curious about that and how that opening that up, opening, taking that personal language and really opening it up and letting the creativity of the client push the perspective change Mm -hmm. rather than me trying to do it with questions that lead somebody or box them in. Oh man, that is a great capture there. Let the creativity of the client push the breakthrough, push the change. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Now there's something else you did and you touched on it just briefly, but there was another session that you you and I were in. And I think it was, I think it was still this music one. Really wrestling through some conversations I, I needed to have, or I, I can't remember exactly what it was. And some line of questioning led me to process. Well, well, here, you know, here's here's what I could do. It's very problem focused. You know, I could go in and have this conversation, and I could lay it out this way, and I could provide these options, and and that's you know that's probably how we do it. And then <laughs> I'm laughing now if you remember it. And, and the next thing you said, and we were on a video chat, so I could see your face. You looked right at me. And the next thing you said was, what about that is the worst idea ever? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, again, it, I, I was describing it to coaching colleagues afterward, Noah. It was, it was like a drive-by slap. And the, like, so, like, this, <laughs> like this poltergeist just darted past me, smacked me in the jaw and, and just woke me up. It was so provocative, you know, of course, 
I don't remember this happening, but I'm sure in the moment I wanted to be like, what are you talking about? That's the best idea ever. Yeah. But it drew me out into realizing, and I absolutely remember this breakthrough in that moment thinking, you know what, actually, that's not my true self. If I do that, that's not, I'm not going to show up who I want to be. So this idea of opposites, of framing questions in such a way that it's the total opposite, what, are, what, what tips would you provide? What have you found that you look for where there might be an opportunity for that? I feel sometimes when you're working with a client, the client has a very strongly held belief. Mm-hmm. And it can even be something that as, as a coach, you're sitting there and you're sitting internally with the message that your client's conveying to you. And you're saying, this sounds completely reasonable. This sounds completely fair. However, at the same time as your client's saying that, the client's also saying, there's something that isn't working here. Mm-hmm. And my thought immediately goes to, well, if we turn this around completely, and if that amazing thing becomes terrible, and even, even if I don't believe it as a coach myself to be terrible, but just the fact that that's brought forth as an option, I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even just, I mean, it, I think it comes oftentimes from how I like to think about things personally. I'll think something is a great idea. And then after, you know, sort of getting excited about it, you take a step back and you say, this sounds amazing, but what about this might really be an absolutely terrible idea? <laughs> and sometimes I find that in looking, at, in looking at an issue that way, you can really solidify your foundation moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know what else we shouldn't pass over is just uh, the effectiveness of your delivery in that question. Because what, what you didn't do was add any kind of buffers or caveats. You didn't say, hey, I'm going to ask you something that's really crazy here, okay? So just go with it. There was nothing like that. It was, it was the next thing out of your mouth. What about that might be the worst idea ever? Bam! <laughs> it was so succinct. What we should also note is that I knew from just your presence that there was sincerity in that you were invested in the outcome of this with me you were a part of this conversation with me you this wasn't you know kind of a coaching parlor trick for you and and so you took a risk in asking that provocative of a question and it evoked breakthrough for me it helped me see things that i i just i wasn't seeing Oh, thank you for that. That's, that's really wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So I totally uh, brushed past. I'm going to be sensitive of our time here, Noah. Sure. I've got one other uh, just practical kind of coaching industry question, but I, I mentioned we had a topic earlier and I totally <laughs> blew past it. But for our listeners, uh, we've been discussing the impact of questions and how the right question can lead to a breakthrough. Noah, is there anything else that that you'd like for us to know uh, on this topic? We've talked about creativity. We've talked about how to frame questions in the form of an opposite. Is there anything else that you're passionate about on this topic? 
there is one thing I'm incredibly passionate about with regard to questioning. For myself, I know when I started the process, I was nowhere near as good at asking questions as later in the process. And I think that's just the natural way that things work. Mm -hmm. But I know that over the course of the journey, and I'm still on that journey, but earlier in the journey, I did not spend too much time thinking about the wrong questions. And that was, I feel, a very important approach for myself personally, because I think that it's one thing to try to construct the best question that you can. But I got the feeling from speaking with some of the people that I knew who were in coaching that sometimes they get hung up on what the wrong questions were instead of saying, you know, perhaps they asked a question that wasn't that effective. And maybe you think about it a bit, but then you move on. And you do something constructive with that awkward moment where perhaps you didn't quite get what you felt that you should get from the client. And I think that my, my personal feeling is it's always important to get out there and to take that risk, to really just not try to qualify the question. Perhaps, hopefully, it doesn't cause any tension in the conversation, but I do think it's important to get out there and to really distill exactly the message that you want and then attempt to put that in a question, get the question out, and then play it as it lands. I love that. Play it as it lands. That's a great word, Noah. And it reminds me of John and the Coach Training EDU team. There's a podcast called All Things Coaching uh -huh. uh, with John and Brian Hart. Brian is also with the company. He did my um, group mentor coaching. But what you just said reminds me of an episode that they were talking about, which John shared that when he was submitting for his MCC, his master certified coach, um, when he was submitting recordings, the recording that he was really conscious of, you know, trying to hit all the right notes in order to pass certification, didn't, in, that recording ended up not passing. Yeah. The recording that he just went for it. He, he was just totally present with the client. He took risks. He followed intuition in his mind. And, and, and obviously, I'm paraphrasing all this. In, in his mind, I think I remember him saying he knew, like, I'm not following according to a, a methodology, but he just put all that out of his head. That's the one. That's the recording that passed. And so I love your, yeah, remember that story. Yeah, I love your word there of, um, or just your call to coaches there of not worrying about what is the right question or the way to frame it. Just go for it, be present, trust your gut and your intuition and growth will come. So that's good. That's great. Absolutely. So Noah, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about that you mentioned much earlier, and this is just a practical part of our industry. We were talking about how the payment uh, was so clear on the um, coach training EDU site, you know, just crystal clear. Yeah. Here's the ACC, you know, cost, and here's what you get, uh, PCC, MCC, and it, it was all just right there. I've been doing some research, on, and there seems to be just different camps, different lines of thinking on how a coach should advertise their cost and their services. So for their own businesses, 
I've heard some who say, just be crystal clear, here's my hourly rate. And then I've I just this week found articles where another one was saying the exact opposite. Don't do that. In fact, if you're going to go you know, with such a strong hourly rate, it, it, it could really negatively impact your business uh, as a coach. What are your thoughts on that? My first thought is whenever I hear the concept of hourly rate, I always think of how can that perhaps not be an hourly rate, but rather be presented as a package mm-hmm. because it's, it's too easy when you're dealing with being paid by the hour to become the victim of commoditization. Mm-hmm. No matter what industry you're in, it's very, very easy to have a direct competition with other competitors via the clients, you know, potential clients that are coming in, wherein they say, okay, your hourly rate is this, but there's this other guy or woman who happens to be less expensive. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they want you, they're trying to get you to meet that other price point. Exactly. And then you have to explain to them that no, somehow, and I think this is, this is kind of hard for a lot of people to understand, somehow your hours worth of work is actually worth more than the other person's. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a far easier sale to package it and to say, this is what you're getting because as coaches, we're selling the possibility of incredible life breakthroughs and transformation Mm -hmm. for the client. And that's really what we're trying to push. And once the conversation starts to be about who has the lowest hourly rate, or even in terms of package pricing, where the value is landing on that, it becomes more difficult to get a prospect to convert and to actually use your services. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. So for a coach that's getting into this space, getting a business going, getting some traction, I really like the idea of packages, but what might that look like based on the client? How do you advertise that on your site? Is it, you know, here's my 12 session package and unlimited texting or, and it's this price, or here's my six month package, or is it more tailored than that based on the actual client? intake and contracting phase? I think it could be a mixture of everything that you just talked about. Mm. I'm also very interested in the concept of moving the value of the package beyond, for instance, the number of sessions that you get over a certain amount of time to perhaps add things into the package that other coaches might not think about. To really dig deep as a coach and look creatively and intuitively at what some areas are that you as a coach can provide value to your client that go beyond merely doing sessions. Mm -hmm. And I feel that as things progress, because coaching, coaching as a profession has been expanding significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the reasons is even though we have the ICF, The ICF is not a full governmental regulatory agency. So you do not actually need to have a certification in order to call yourself a coach. You can still say you're a coach. And so many people right now are jumping on board, Mm -hmm. which is amazing because it provides provides that 
sort of expanded mindshare penetration in terms of the clients, where now more and more people are going to understand that there are coaches out there and perhaps how, you know, how they can help them. At the same time, though, it can lead to, especially content-wise, a lot of white noise. Mm-hmm. It can lead to issues with differentiation. And I feel that as somebody who does do a significant amount of content marketing, you need to take a look at what makes you unique. I think all too often people, people will look to a social media guru and they say, okay, I listen to the podcasts. I always watch their videos. I check out every piece of content that they create and they can really learn a lot of information. But at the same time, I think you have to think about the fact that so many other people are exposed to exactly the same message Mm -hmm. and delivered in the same way. And the dissemination of that thought process and the knowledge is incredibly empowering to people. But I feel that in order to be competitive, you have to move that many steps further. You have to say, okay, the baseline is going to be what the thought leaders in this space are advocating. That's the baseline. Now, what can I do myself to push the envelope beyond what's being offered, to offer packages of greater value in a way that feels completely novel, and to really try that? And of course, there's a lot of risk with that because maybe it's not a proven package or it's not a completely proven system. But I feel that it's always worth it to try that and to take that risk because the return can just be incredible. Wow, that's inspiring, my friend. Well, Noah, I I could sit here and go on and on because every time we connect, there's my mind is just stimulated. But I want to be sensitive to our time. I know that you are also, you're up to some things. You're up to some launches. Is there anything you could uh, give our listeners regarding when, when we might see some things from Noah Greenwald? Absolutely. I know that right now getting, uh, I'm working very specifically on making sure that the content that I'm going to put out via social media, via my blog, that everything is finished and that it's scheduled, you know, for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I know that the site is going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. So very excited to put that out there. I spent a significant amount of time looking at everything else that was in the marketplace, really thinking about it, taking a look at what I felt was working great for some coaches, some areas where I thought that there could be a different approach. And I've tried to make a site that is as unique and different as possible, both in its visual representation as well as the message contained on the site. And so hopefully that resonates once it's launched. Oh, that's so exciting. I intend to go there as soon as it's launched and unashamedly steal everything I can. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Please do. 
And, uh, and so I'll, I'll be sure to include that in our show notes, along with all the other places that people can find you, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you're, you're on Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, the website is noahgreenwald.com, G-R-E-E-N-W-A-L-D.com. So imagine by the time that this episode airs, uh, you will be, uh, it, it might already be out into the world. Yeah, it very well could be. Noah, thank you so much, my friend, for your time here today. Your thoughts are, like I said, they're stimulating, they're inspiring. I've, I've grown so much from our interactions in, uh, in our coaching sessions. Looking forward to many more and wishing you a wonderful new year, my friend. Thank you, Wes. I am so glad that you had me on, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be in conversation with you outside of class and exactly like you said. I mean, I always feel whenever we have an interaction in class, I feel so inspired, especially by your attitude and the presence that you bring to your interactions. I've noticed that you're, you are almost always the first person in there whenever there is a question that's asked or there's an opportunity to give feedback. And I love that you really, you really put your whole self in there. And I think that it's just a wonderful experience to see that. And I think it's really inspiring to everybody in the class. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. If, uh, if nothing else, I'm going to lead with my chin or my, <laughs> my beard, I guess. <laughs> so I've got that going. Noah, thanks again. Happy New Year. And we will look forward to all that is coming from you this year. Thank you, Wes. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Cardinal Coaching Solutions. If you're interested in learning more about any of the topics we discussed today, or if you'd like to investigate working with me as a coach, please visit www.cardinalcoachingsolutions.com and connect with me personally over email at Wes, that's W-E-S, at cardinalcoachingsolutions.com. I offer my first session absolutely free, and I'd be honored to help get you going. I can't wait to hear from you.